2: Welcome to a Tuesday's here. at Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal back in studio before we head back to Omaha and line for Thursday. Uh, not looking good for a rocky top right now. That makes me sad. I have officially jinxed him. Peyton Manning can't be happy in whatever section he's hanging out in. But uh, Bevo's up 8-4. to four. We'll keep you posted on that. Mitch Sherman's at the College World Series. We'll get caught up with Mitch here in 20 minutes or so. Uh, Ricky Locke going to be with us. He is the head coach and athletic director at Southside High School in San Antonio. He is Richard Torres. Uh, coach we will get his take on the quarterback. And uh, in hour two... Plenty of thoughts on the Supreme Court. And listen, we've brought in uh, an expert to to give you some thoughts and some takes. Vince Powers, Vince Powers Law. Vince is awesome. Vince is insightful. Vince entertaining, man. So uh, we'll talk with Vince Powers in one hour. And then Tuesdays with Kaz are back. Coach Rick Kaczynski sits down. He'll have a take on name, image, likeness and the NCAA as well. Numbers to get in, 466 37 825 5865 You can email chris at halevarsity.com. Also, uh, find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio for Chris Schmidt, at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. So, a couple of emails to, to get into uh, to start the show off before we dive into uh, the uh, situation with uh, Wisconsin basketball and great guard, and also Creighton getting backhanded as the result of the bribery scandal. Let me ask you this before we get into the emails. If Nebraska ever got put on probation for football or for basketball, for anything, how would you react as a Nebraska fan? Would you be sad that the pristine reputation actually got soiled? Or would you just be like, you know, <laughs> you, you can't stay clean forever? You know, I've thought about that. And, like, you have to go back to, I think, the 1980s with the, the ticket scandal where you had some players selling, allegedly selling uh, their, their student athlete seats. To make some extra money, right? That's that's why we're talking Supreme Court later, is because you've got an entity making boatloads of money. You have a university, many universities uh, making money, some losing money as well when it comes to athletic departments. And where's the how big a piece of the pie should the players get? Right, it's exploitation versus this is the stage you're on that will prepare you for life in football and after football. I mean, there's two sides to the coin. But, you know, with Nebraska, it's never been an issue. I think I saw on Twitter today, nine-year anniversary or nine years since Nebraska turned themselves in for having extra textbooks, right? That's the, that's the last scandal when it comes to probation, not that there was any. And, and Nebraska, but but Creighton right now uh, is one basketball program that's gotten punished for the bribery scandal. So something to think about. Email in uh, this from Jeff. If you if you've addressed this already, forgive me. But uh, in year four. Of the Frost era, the walk-on program should be starting to provide some real depth if it's going to to work like it once did, like it once did. Yet I don't feel like I hear much about uh, this valuable depth. It's still focused on scholarship players for the most part. What about the emergence/slash contribution of the walk-ons? Would love to hear some talk about this, Jeff, in Colorado. So you have walk-on players, right, and they are so valuable to uh, what Nebraska football has been and what they are. And then you have walk-ons that turn into studs to uh, to big-time players. And I think of the Jared Tomiches, the I am Hips uh, of the world. And those are just two that, uh, that, that are big-time. Uh, you look at Janovich, you look at Riley, you look at Fulte. I mean, those are some guys, you had an insanely talented 2012 walk-on class. And even some of the offensive lines during the Pelini era, Nebraska turned to some walk-on. Spencer Long, obviously, was great. He was fantastic. Uh, He's a guy that, you know, uh, was was all conference, quite frankly, and really good in a third-round pick. So there's been some of those instances. Right now, I mean, you have just a lot of scholarship guys. Um, I, I don't see... Many guys doing much at the skill position spots. You really don't have a a walk-on in the race at quarterback. And from a defensive standpoint, there are some guys that I think are pushing. Um, I I think you look at a guy, um, when you look at Nebraska's linebacking core, I mean, most of those guys are all uh, scholarship. I mean, Reimers is a guy that, ended up coming in and I think got put on scholarship, but he was head of the South Dakota State. But Nebraska was able to, to talk him into walking on. Nebraska just doesn't have a lot of those candidates right now. Maybe some will emerge, Elijah. Some will emerge, but right now I think they're pretty deep with
0: what they've developed, at least on the offensive line, with scholarship guys. Yeah. Well, my question with this is just: Have we reached the point where now, with the nationwide scouting, all the scouting combines, that there's fewer of those walk-on type guys that do get missed? That's my question. I mean, it feels like there's a recruiting profile for everybody in this country, regardless of even if like you go to a D1 school or not. It feels like everyone's got a recruiting profile. Mm-hmm. So is it just harder for those those guys that could be you know future? all-conference guys to, to slip through the cracks and, and come in as walk-ons. That's my question.
2: I, I think it's a fair point because the guys we kind of laid out, uh, Janovich, Riley, Spencer Long, Fulte, those guys were good enough to go play at a lot of spots. They wanted to play in Lincoln. And they ended up all earning scholarships. Chris is on the line. Chris, thanks for hanging on. Welcome to Hale Varsity. Go ahead.
3: Hey, Schmitty. Hope you're doing good today. Uh um, right, man. Hey, not much. I just, obviously, I, I might have an opinion on the, this walk-on deal. Um, so I think that we, you, you mentioned a couple of kids, you know, like Reimers and the Lever kid. You know, we've got some kids that are walk-ons that are contributing. Um, what I don't want people to overlook, and I'm not saying they are, but, you know, those walk-on kids are also the the reason, or, you know, every day in practice but we get to run two stations instead of just one. So it's about, you know, adding reps. You know, so not not just depth on the field on Saturday contributing, but depth in practice. You know about the number of reps that some of our guys, our ones and twos, are getting. Um, I think that that's a you know a benefit that sometimes gets overlooked is, is the just that fact we have enough kids to run two stations both offensively and defensively when we practice.
2: Well, and, and that's uh, a, a key point to development. And listen, I mean, I've not been to a a practice under Frost. I, I just I haven't, and not many of us have, but I think it's kind of the Osborne slash Solich approach. I don't know if it's four-station, but you've seen the numbers and the roster size obviously beef up because he wants reps to be had by all because that's how you're going to get better, and that's how you're going to yeah. develop. And the Monday through Thursday part, is, is added and aided if you're able to smash each other once in a while, be physical, and just continue to drill on technique, let alone plays, right, uh, the Monday through Thursday to get you ready for Saturday. Because when, when you played, Chris, and you were a fullback, you tell me what, what it was like for, as a walk-on. Just real quick, let me just turn it around and what you added, you and your mates added to the, the, the setup uh, when you got ready for, uh, for, for week one, let alone you know, week 10.
3: Well, it was, it was all about reps for, for the number one defense. You know? um, and it was, hell, we had, you had two stations, so your, your number one guys were there, you know, and, and one scout team would, would walk up and they'd run a play, then they'd fall back. And the next scout team would, would step right in and run, a, you know. So they were running back to back plays in a matter of I, a minute and a half. I mean, I don't remember the time, but it was it was boom, 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 you know. And it was about perfect execution for the defense. If the you know if the scout team pull, you know ran a play and, and we executed, um, the defense ran a bingo. We ran it again until they got it right. <laughs> so, you know, it wasn't. It was, that's been one of my huge beefs along this, this Scott Frost thing is when they practice are they practicing the way they need to be practicing? And, and my answer up until now has been no. Um, I, I can't say I've not been to a practice, but I, I hope things have morphed a little more to what they used to be versus what they came when Scott first came into the program, or, you know, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. And, I, I and don't know. For that,
2: you. And that's, that's a major shift. And you just saw, you know, Riley talked about walk-ons, and, and honestly, it just – the practices we watched were – not as intense and I'm not saying kids on that team weren't intense or good football players. I think, you know, Riley had some good football players on the team, but I just, from an intensity standpoint, I mean, it wasn't, well, it wasn't a bloodbath as Mark Baker would say. Right?
3: If you don't, if you don't practice that way, it is virtually impossible to come out on Saturday and play that way. Exactly. It's just, that's just a fact, you know, and you think back to 20, 25 years ago, Um, there were teams that we were playing in the Big 12 where that Tuesday and Wednesday practice, our scout teams were just as good, if not better, than the the number ones that teams like, you know, Kansas or some of those other teams, they were rolling out. We were just that good and that deep.
2: That's uh, that's something to think about. We'll see if uh, Nebraska gets back to that. Chris, appreciate you listening, man. Thanks for your insight on this, man. Yeah, met Chris a long time ago. Great dude. Good fullback for Nebraska an interesting perspective there you just don't have you know um you know you have uh wyatt he was talking about that, that gets some run and deservedly so he's a good wide receiver lure and and, and uh, rhymer those are the two that that come to my mind based on uh the email from jeff
0: yeah and uh i'm trying to think if there's any others i mean yant was a walk-on but like kind of Sure, Wait, he, and I, I'm he's, sorry. He's got dude. more of a gray shirt situation, You're right? I don't, I
2: don't put him or or um, Gifford, Gifford in in the walk on. I don't I'm put either of those guys in in the walk on. Technically, maybe for a semester, sure, but I don't put them in. The <laughs> and, the it's, and it's it's, it's different
0: whenever they're like, yeah, come be a walk on for a semester, and the level of scholarship for you the semester after. It's completely different situation. Sure. So yeah,
2: it is. But no, I back to the, the the practice setup that's so key and yeah Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State are great at recruit recruiting and, and it's five star on four star and four star on five star so you have elite talent but you have a lot of and it's not that those guys don't suffer attrition they do but you have a lot of high level talent that's super coachable. They get it. They get it. It's going to be hell and Saban may scream at you, Dabo may say, "God almighty." Or or Ryan Day may make make you run the stairs. I don't I don't know. I just know that those three programs the reason they're in the freaking playoff every year is because of their talent gap and they have those they have their studs stick around and then they reload. And the kids that aren't starting as Wet behind the ear, 17, 18-year-olds on the defensive line, guess what? <laughs> you red shirt, and then you're really good to step in and, and earn a spot and keep a spot if, if you're Bosa. They have coachable, high-level talent. I mean, everywhere else, you're fighting for A, fit. B, you're fighting for a guy that can come in and, and start further along because of their talent level, right, their natural God-given ability. But are they going to listen and be coachable and take criticism and then respond to it? I mean, that's, that's the mess everyone else is in. And, and everyone's kind of fighting for, I don't want to say leftovers, but you're fighting for um, a, a kid that maybe didn't make the cut out in Ohio State or Clemson or in Alabama. You're going you're gonna to zero in recruiting-wise on kids that will stay, first of all. B will be coached. And C, can, can contribute to the program. And the walk-ons are phenomenal. The roster size tells me, I, I hope, that there's not a lot of standing around. Nebraska's you've seen them. Maybe they've not been great at fixing penalties. But from a physicality standpoint, I think you can feel pretty good about Nebraska being a tough football team most Saturdays.
0: And I think a lot of that is because of how they're practicing. But when you come to the talent question, you look at a guy like Tyreek Johnson, who, I mean, was a five-star, but went to Ohio State and was a depth guy. That's what he was at Ohio State. Um, Was it because of injuries? I guess we don't really know, but... His career at Ohio State was limited, snaps, special teams, depth guy. And now he comes and transfers to Nebraska. And we're talking about him fighting for a starting spot come his first fall. I mean, not even any spring football being played. Like, he's going to show up in two months after showing up on campus. Husker fans are expecting him to be competing for a starting spot opposite Cam Taylor. But I think that just shows you the talent gap between a school like Nebraska and a school like Ohio State. Ohio State is ridiculous right now. Clemson's ridiculous right now. Well, you have Newsom and Clark that are good
2: ball players, mm-hmm. And Nadab Joseph also... Uh, a high level star guy I mean those are three kids that can play corner and do well for you but you're going to absolutely take a, take a Tariq Johnson if he can beat out those guys that have been here because he gets it down and you got him and Cam on the island together cool if he comes in in a nickel situation wonderful if he's a guy that is going to get kind of weaned in as the season moves forward awesome Give me more guys on special teams, too, where your starters make it a priority. You don't want to burn up a guy like Deontay Williams. But if he's going to be one of your leaders on special teams, along with Cam Taylor Britt, because they want to be, you'll take that. It'll help your special teams unit. We'll check in with Mitch Sherman. at Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
1: And we're back. Fellas, did we could... Listen
2: to the radio on Hail varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
3: Yes!
4: That's awesome.
2: Coming up, uh, Ricky Locke will be with us from Southside High School. Richard Torres, high school coach, Vince Powers on the Supreme Court in the NCAA. Rick Kaczynski is coming up. We check in with Mitch Sherman from the Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, are you at the ballpark, bud, or where are we catching you today?
5: Yeah, it's like a weekly uh, discussion, isn't it? I'm not. I'm not at the ballpark. I was at the ballpark uh, yesterday and Saturday. I'm kind of on an on-off uh, odd-even on day rotation with Max Olson. Um, we are both uh, going to be out there through the series, uh, writing and looking for stories. I'm um, not at the pool. I am. Uh, Unfortunately, just sitting in a coffee shop, finishing up a story while my daughter uh, has swim practice. No, so, no, nothing worries. exciting to re- nothing exciting to report for you today. I, w- I wish, I wish it was more interesting, but just doing doing some work on a Tuesday and and uh, happy to
2: talk to you. Well, appreciate you doing so, and you know your takeaway. We were at uh, at, at zipline yesterday doing shows. We will be back up Thursday and it was just cool to see everybody milling around. Mitch, I know you spent time on a story, but you've covered this event, the CWS. It's so near and dear to your heart, being an Omaha guy and, and growing up with it. What did, what did this year back mean to you? What's, what's the 2021 CWS done for you?
5: Yeah, Saturday was amazing. I mean, it really was. It was hot and a little bit muggy. Uh, felt like summer, and it was cool to see 46,000 people in the stadium. I was there from First pitch until, well, close to the end of the extra inning game on, on Saturday night. I had to get home and do some work, but um, it was great. Just fantastic to be back. One of my favorite days ever at the College World Series and more than a quarter century of, of going to that thing. I mean, more than a, a quarter century, of about a quarter century of working it and then and then many years before that, sitting in the stands at Rosenblatt as a kid. That was, Saturday was fantastic in, in huge part because, of the memory of last year, and that's what I wrote about in, in um, my piece that posted Sunday morning on The Athletic. Um, I talked to some fans, uh, you know, talked to people in the in the community, in the business community, had a great uh, sit-down uh, on Saturday uh, before the first pitch with Ken Kanger, the uh, deputy police chief uh, for the Omaha Police Department, who uh, poured his heart and soul into – trying to make Omaha a safe place last June when, when there were many factions tearing at the city beyond just the loss of the College World Series and the, the uh, U.S. Olympic trials. And, and you know, here we are a year later, and, and you know, it's not a perfect place, um, but it's a lot better for many reasons than what we were going through last June. Yeah. Um, and, and the fact that sports are back is, is, is playing a role in that. So for all of that to come together um, in, in, a, in a short period of time here, we went, I went to the swim trials on, on Friday morning and saw a bunch of world record holders in the pool. And then I was I was working at the, at the ballpark on, on Saturday and, and just took Saturday night and brought my family to the game. We sat in, a, in the 200-level seats and, and just enjoyed that uh, that Vanderbilt-Arizona game, which was one of the better games that I've seen at TD Ameritrade Park. It was back and forth, which you don't always get in that ballpark, and one extra inning, seven to six, tons of excitement, home runs, strikeouts, um, you know, really all you could ask for, and and the cap to just a fantastic day downtown.
2: So, Mitch, I'm going to ask you a question here about Nebraska baseball, and as you watch Omaha and what's going on with CWS, how close do you think Nebraska was to to maybe be in a – a team in Omaha, their level versus what you've seen?
5: Well, I know a lot of Nebraska people were thinking that the road to get to Omaha if the Huskers had defeated Arkansas might not have been so tough in a super regional against NC State. I'm I'm rethinking that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) NC State (laughs) is the real deal. And we'll see tonight what happens in the winner's bracket game. Um, Virginia may may, uh, may may join NC State as kind of a, an upstart. I mean, this could be the year of the ACC if if um, if Virginia wins tonight. But right now, NC State is the story so far in this in this College World Series, going two and zero, and and beating Vanderbilt in a one one nothing game last night. Beating Jack Leiter, the you know the, the the best the best MLB prospect in this in this College World Series. He's going to be a, a Top two or three pick probably in the draft next month. So you know what NC State did against Arkansas at Arkansas in the Super Regional was no fluke. Much like what Nebraska did in the Regional against Arkansas, I think was also no fluke. So um, how do the Huskers stack up against these teams? I mean, they're not—they're not—they're—they're they're not on that level. Um, you know, I don't—I don't—I wouldn't like Nebraska's chances out there against Stanford or uh, or, or Vanderbilt necessarily but they're getting, they're, they're, they're much closer. You know, they're getting, they're get, they've, they've made huge, huge leaps in a short period of time. And, you know, I see the path that will Bolt is on with this program and what he's building and the way he's building it. And it's not all that much different than what happened 20 years ago when Nebraska built that thing under Dave Van Horn. And, and before you knew it with the growth of that program, Nebraska was, was playing and, and competing well in those college world series games. So that's the challenge ahead for both take that next step. And, and, yeah, he, he has, uh, he, you know, what he's doing is, is, is on a path to get Nebraska to be able to play with those teams in Omaha this week.
0: Yeah, Mitch, when you look at some of the younger guys in Nebraska's team, I'm talking about Bryce Matthews, I'm talking about Max Anderson, maybe Drew Christo, uh, assuming he doesn't go to the MLB draft, which time will tell with that one. But do you think those younger names are some of the guys that could be the names that in two, three years, maybe four years, we're talking about leading Nebraska to a college-world series, or do you think there still needs you know uh, more talent to be infused into this current roster?
5: Well, I mean they're gonna to continue to infuse talent in those guys. If Nebraska's gonna do this in the next two years, I mean with Anderson it's probably two years left and maybe the same with Matthews and Christo, you know, would would probably play three. I mean you want these guys to play three. You wanna you wanna find the next Alex Gordon, you know, somebody who's gonna be in your program for three years and not necessarily go and be the number two pick in the draft, but but you know, be a prospect who d- doesn't stay in college baseball for four years or five years. Those are the, the highest in players and those are the kind of guys who are leading their teams to Omaha. And then starring in Omaha when they get here, it's not a bunch of fourth-year seniors. It's it's that high-end talent, and I you know I think those guys definitely are on the right track to to be those kind of players. And 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 then the players that Nebraska and, and Bolt are adding behind that, Christo is obviously the headliner of that group, and we'll see if he ever wears a Nebraska uniform. I think I think it's very possible that he will. Um, you have to recruit those guys, and you have to take those risks, and understand that. Not everybody you sign is going to come, um, and, and and you know sometimes you're going to get you're going to miss those guys because the, the the money is calling, and other times they're going to they're going to come and they're going to be they're going to be great pieces in your program. So they're doing the right thing, and the players that they continue to recruit at home and that that, that they're getting from out of state, yeah, I think it's I think it's uh, it's the foundation for a roster that that can uh, you know have the 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 the, um, the ability to win, to get to Omaha, and to have a chance to win in Omaha.
2: Mitch Sherman's with us from the Athletic Hale Varsity Radio. Find Mitch on Twitter at Mitch Sherman. Mitch, going to switch gears and, and get your take on the uh, Supreme Court, their ruling and uh, rebuke of the NCAA. You know, what, what do you foresee as, what, what are the next steps here with the NCAA now that they know what the Supreme Court says about this?
5: Yeah, let me put on my, uh, my judicial robe. Please do um, so I, and uh,
2: zip it up all the way.
5: <laughs> you know, I thought, I thought the, the verdict yesterday, um, you know, just continue to push the train down the tracks. It wasn't like um, the course of this changed at all. You know, we're headed toward uh, name, image, and likeness legislation, you know, whether it comes from the federal level or the state level or the NCAA or just individual schools basically setting the rules um, that they're going to follow. Uh, and nobody being able to do anything about it, you know what? That that would be that would be uh, that'd be kind of that'd be the Wild West, and and you know this thing may start as the Wild West, and then we may have to legislate it, or or the the the, the, the um not we not me, but the, uh, the 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 parties in charge may have to legislate it as you know as it goes on, and, and kind of like you know a uh, trial by fire. Uh, you know you're going to see see mistakes happen and 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 strange events, and then you re- you, you react. I mean. This, this, it, it's too bad, I think, that that we're a week or so away from July first, which is which is the uh, kind of the, the date that the switch turns on with a lot of this. And there isn't more organization, there isn't more understanding of how it's all going to work. I mean, in, inevitably, um, and and yesterday did nothing to change this. And in, in fact, it probably only only accelerated the process. We're headed for a bumpy ride, and there's going to be an equity. There's going to be confusion. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's going to be it's, – it's going to be unprecedented what we see in college sports starting in, in, in a few days for, for several months, if not years, until, there's some, until things settle down somewhat and there's, there's some uniformity across conferences and, and, and across the country. But, um, you know, it's inevitable. It's been inevitable for quite some time. Uh, you know players deserve student athletes deserve to be able to earn money off their their names and their likenesses and, and, and that uh, it's coming. It's going to happen and, and you know we, we heard the Supreme Court uh, yesterday rule that and it wasn't exactly a ruling on name image and likeness, but it was a ruling again in favor of the student athlete and their, and the rights that they have. And that's where everything in this discussion has been headed for many many months.
2: Mitch, real quick, uh, going to go to recruiting here about a minute or so, as Nebraska continues to get verbal commits for twenty twenty two. You know, more of a local or regional flavor with the, the gets for the Big Red. You know, how how do you think it's going? What's your what's your look and reaction so far to the job Nebraska's done recruiting wise?
5: Well, they've been successful in in luring a lot of the players who have visited campus this month and that was what nebraska needed to do it needed to generate some momentum and the, and the number one way to do that is to bring kids in on visits and then get them to commit and you know now they're getting to the point in that this building this recruiting class where they're they're going to need to be more selective or going to need to be selective um and and you know pick and choose and you can't just take everybody who wants to commit obviously there's there's limitations with this class in, in terms of its size you know it could be as small as, as 15 guys or so, and they're at seven right now. So they've gone in a short period of time from being, I would say, behind, with just two commits coming into the month of June, to being in a place numbers-wise. And they have their quarterback, they've got a running back, they've got a good receiver, a tight end. You know, offensively, this thing is really coming together, and, and you know, that's where they needed it to. That's where they were behind in terms of numbers on the roster was on the offensive side. So you'd rather see this thing fill in first on the offensive side, and then they can catch up. Extensively um, as they fill out the class, so you know, I think it's been a good, productive month for Nebraska, and it'll be important to close it strong and then to continue to build on those relationships and bring kids to campus um, as as the months go on. But you're not going to see quite the same flurry of activity, you know, in in the in the weeks ahead this summer until you get to September um, that we've seen for these last uh, these last three weeks or so.
2: Mitch Sherman, with us, Mitch. Thanks for your coverage. Thanks for your time today, Bud. We'll get caught up again soon.
5: Okay, good to talk to you. Thanks, Chris.
2: All right, there he is. Mitch Sherman with us. Uh, We'll check in with Ricky Locke next.
1: He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut preteen Swedish boy.
2: Back in Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Good stuff from Mitch Sherman. We're efforting coach uh, Ricky Locke from Southside High School in San Antonio, the head coach and AD for uh, Richard Torres, Nebraska's quarterback commit for 2022. Vince Powers will weigh in on the NCAA Supreme Court ruling here. Uh, Vince will uh, give us his legal take on things and uh, give us a take or, or two on just where things could go. Rick Kaczynski, our Tuesday chat with Kaz. Coming up here around 525. Emails, can uh, get those into us. Chris at HaleVarsity.com or uh, can dial us up 466 825 5865 We will get into, uh, in a moment, uh, our conversation here with uh, Coach Locke, but want to spend a second here on uh, secret recordings, secret recordings in Wisconsin, and uh, we'll get there in a bit. Uh, first, I want to welcome in Ricky Locke. He is the uh, head coach at Southside High School, said Antonio, also the athletic director. His quarterback, Richard Torres. Coach Locke, thanks for a few minutes with Hale Varsity Radio. Appreciate your time. How are you?
4: I'm doing well. Thanks for having
2: me. We appreciate you uh, giving us a few minutes, and and I know that uh, Richard's commitment's been a, a little while ago, but I wanted to just connect with you and and get your take here on on fit, and and Richard's fit with the Frost offense uh, through this process. Uh, kind of tell us from your vantage point. What you saw from Nebraska, and what you think Richard saw from Nebraska, from Nebraska, and, and how it'll match up uh, offensively.
4: Well, I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be a good fit uh, in uh, Coach Frost' offense. I think that uh, you know he can he can make any throw uh, basically under the sun. His, his arm strength is unreal. Uh, he, he can run the ball too. We just don't run him a lot. Because of our, uh, our depth situation, uh, we try to limit his, his hits, his contact, uh, but we do run him at times, but very, very, we can pick and choose our moments for that. Mm-hmm. But he does a great job when he does run the ball. And, uh, but I think he was sold on coaches' offense and, uh, what they do and, uh, they, they uh, You know, they want to throw the ball a little more. um, I think that fits Richard to a T. He was really impressed with Coach Berdisko and Coach Lubick. And uh, from the get-go, Nebraska did a great job of recruiting him. Uh, They were very upfront, very honest. Uh, Always keeping me in the loop and his parents. And I think Coach Frost – they definitely uh, have a a good thing going there, and I think they're gonna I think they're gonna win win games and uh, get Nebraska football on top.
2: What What's your message to Richard as, as he played for you last year? We've seen the highlight tapes, and we we see the size and the arm strength, the mobility, and the escapability. Quite honestly, is super impressive. You know, how have you been able to coach him and how's he been able to take to your coaching and what you want to do offensively? What's that relationship been like?
4: Uh, Richard's easy to coach. He's a, he's a, first of all, he's a very uh, good young man. He's, he does things right uh, in the classroom, on and off the field. Uh, got good parents, good family. Uh, he takes coaching very well. I'm hard on him because I have high expectations for him. And and uh, he, he takes it well, you know. he's He goes hard in practice. He throws extra. He, he runs extra. He does everything that you ask a leader to do. And somebody that's going to lead your football team. So I'm very impressed with his maturity and how he really has matured in the last year and a half.
0: Coach Ricky Locks here with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, coach down at Southside High School in San Antonio, the uh, home of Husker quarterback commit Richard Torres. And, and Coach, I just want to ask, d- does your school have this uh, a tradition of sending these type of players off to Division One schools? Is this uh, like a like a usual thing for you guys? I know Texas is so fertile. Or, or is Richard Torres more of a, a one-off guy that, that you're trying to appreciate while you have him?
4: Well, a little bit of both. You know, uh, I've been here, this is a big coin into my eighth year. And, uh, you know, it, it was uh, when it was a downtrodden program. We took it over, and we've been in the playoffs the last six years in a row and seven out of the, you know, eight years. But uh, we've had last year, we had two uh, young men sign. We had a linebacker, Mikey Young, signed with Wyoming and Caleb Camarillo signed with Air Force Academy. And before that, it had been since 1977, since Southside signed a D-1 football player, a Division One football player, uh, and that was Tauras, Clemson, Pearson. But we have two this year that we think will we'll go on to play at the next level in Division One. Richard is definitely, you know, somebody that's got the attention of of San Antonio and uh, the state and, uh, and hopefully... You know, get the, get the attention of the Midwest. You know where he wants to go, but uh, he he is just a uh, you know he's a, a, a six six guy that can has a, a rocket for an arm and and uh, and can move. You know, so you know he doesn't come around very long in a career or very many times in a career, in my career. But uh, we're appreciative of uh, having him in our program and and
0: the things that he's going to do and hopefully do at Nebraska later on in his career. Yeah, Coach, and uh, what's your take? I mean, I knew Nebraska left the Big 12 about 10 years ago, and that's about the last time that Texas was a real recruiting hotbed for Nebraska. They go down there occasionally. But in the past 10 years, has the opinion of, of Nebraska football changed since they, they jumped ship from the Big 12 and went to the Big 10, just among, like, the kids going to high school down there?
4: Well, you, uh, you know – it's there's so much now it's so easy to see every everyone on tv now and and uh you know with the, with the you know with the situation with the television and and seeing everybody have that ability to serve everybody knows that that you know the the southeast conference and the and the big ten conference certainly gets everybody's attention mm-hmm. you know in, in the state of texas and there's a lot of Texas kids that signed with uh big 10 schools and, and Southeast conference schools. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely got improved, you know, and, and I think the relationship that Richard has with, uh, with Tommy Armstrong, uh, Tommy Armstrong reached out. He's a San Antonio kid. And he reached out to, to Richard early after the offer. And, uh, Explain to him about Nebraska football, and you know, and uh, I, I certainly uh, know what Nebraska football is all about, and you know, and then Coach, Coach Frost was one of those guys that was, uh, you know, during the heyday was uh, you know, was Nebraska football. So uh, it's a, it's a football, you know, tradition place. Uh, the fans there seem to be just rabbit and eat up with being Cornhusker fans. And, and uh, I know the state of Nebraska loves their, their university and, and the Cornhusker football. So I think it's a, good, it's a good thing for Richard, and Richard's excited about it.
2: Coach, this was awesome to chat with you. Thanks for giving us a few minutes today.
4: Yes, sir. Thank you all.
2: All right. That's uh, Coach uh, Ricky Locke with us here. Southside High School we will wrap up Hour 1 next. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Ten minutes away, Vince Powers will be with us. Powers Law, his take on the Supreme Court, the NCAA, what's next in the world of college athletics. Rick Kaczynski, our Chad Tuesdays with Kaz. Time to buckle up. A reminder, 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt if used properly. The seat belt can and will reduce risk of fatal injury up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash buckling up brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So you had a edited, recorded, private conversation from the Wisconsin seniors. Somebody uh, leaked out to the Wisconsin State Journal. 37 minute audio file, February 19th meeting. Seven seniors, a team that want to share of the Big Ten title. Came back, limped through COVID, and got to the NCAA tournament and was one and done. And you have a mass criticism of Coach Greg Gard, uh, the accusation, you don't have our backs. And this goes from all different backgrounds, walks of life. Wisconsin's one of those teams that they, they are old and they are good, and by the time they all grow up, They are a force to be reckoned with, and they were Final Four thoughts, Elite Eight thoughts of this team. And ultimately, these kids felt that Greg guards using them for a better situation. We're not here to pad your resume. When I saw that headline, I thought it was coach to player. It was player to coach. You've got a statement from Barry Alvarez, and I can just, you know, it was cleaned up for press release, but if, if he got Barry alone with a beer, he'd probably lose it. I, I think it sucks that things don't stay in-house. It's okay in today's era to ask why. Coaches accept that. Even the Nick Sabans of the world accept the fact that you ask why. Uh, my old backside didn't really ask why. And if I did, it was because I told you. <laughs> that was the answer from Dad. You get a look and they'd be like, because I told you to. All right. Fair enough. Good answer. Thank you, sir. But in all sincerity, that's the area you're in. There's empowerment. There's communication. Why am I going on this mission? Some of it's what what's in it for me, or some of it's just understanding role, but it's more complicated, and you got to be able to communicate. It doesn't sound like the last couple of years that's been going well for Wisconsin. This was not Barry Alvarez's first pick or second pick. This is Bo Ryan's guy, and and that's what happened. It's just surprising though that it's not. Young, but it's an old, experienced team. Elijah that has this type of disgruntlement with their coach. Maybe great guards, tough to play for, and is bad at, at, at communication. Brad Davison, he's a guy that I would never fathom going against the grain with a head coach or a person in in power. But he's one of the guys now. I don't think he's the one who leaked it, and it was selectively edited. But Guard's response to this was good, but the point is is it, it was a buildup and a breaking point for Wisconsin. Vince Powers coming up. Uh, thoughts uh, on the NCAA. Uh, Vince Powers' law. Coach Rick Kaczynski next. Welcome to an hour two. It's Hale, Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel, buddy on the CWS, on Nebraska recruiting, on uh, walk-ons, all that good stuff. We'll get some thoughts on the Big Red from Coach Rick Kaczynski here in about uh, 20 minutes. We welcome in legal expert and uh, phenomenal attorney Vince Powers at Vince underscore Powers. On Twitter, is where you find Vince and Powers Law. Uh, Vince, thanks for making uh, time for us today. You are so good and you've been so good for many years uh, getting uh, involved with us and, and talking uh, courts and sports and, and all of that. Uh, I wanted to, to talk to you today about the Supreme Court and uh, their reaction and ruling Monday. When it comes to the NCAA, were you surprised? What's your takeaway first on yesterday at the, at the high court?
6: Well, no, I wasn't surprised. I'd been following it. And, uh, you know, the NCAA, they, this isn't 1940 or 1930 where a scholarship uh, is worth maybe the same of what you're paying a head coach. I mean, they have it's a huge revenue business, billions of dollars, and the idea that it can be built upon – Free labor and just saying, oh, you're an amateur, it, it just defies common sense. And now the NCAA is probably going to get hit with other lawsuits. Uh, there's all sorts of issues that are raised. But as a sports fan, the best thing is it's not going to affect us. You know, we're still going to have great athletes participating. We're still going to be able to watch sports. There'll be winners, there'll be losers. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to affect uh, you and what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, we just. Watch the athletic, the athletes compete.
2: So, what is the recourse now that there is a ruling? Uh, nine nothing by the Supreme Court. The the ball, so to speak, is in the court of the NCAA as uh, they are now discussing name, image, and likeness. That's that's down the 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 path here a little bit, but on our minds always. But so, what's the best course of action here by the NCAA now that the uh, the, the Supreme Court's uh, kind of giving them a hammer.
6: Well, I, what would be best is they would sit down and come up with some guidelines and some rules that allow for a free market. Because antitrust law, what that really is, is saying there should be a free market. And it you know, comes back from when you had those you know, giant, what they, we called a trust, back in mm-hmm. the uh, 1890s where, where there were monopolies. And all the Supreme Court's saying is, look... You you can't uh, base a business model on not paying your your workers your 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 athletes, and so you have to come up with something. The the narrowness, and I don't really even think it's that narrow, is is that it allows for these educational benefits, laptops, you know, take pay for uh, going study abroad and, and those type of benefits. But certainly, it it opens the door to compensation and. I don't. I. I. I think they. It would be good if they would address it. I've read where what they want to do is go back to the district court, and they want to ask for a clarification. In other words, they want to go whine about the decision. Oh, poor us! And they do. The NCAA. It just seems like they. I mean, the head of the NCAA makes two point three million dollars a year. That's a lot of money. And maybe what this means is uh, they won't. They could get by on $1.5 million, you know, and, and and same with the Big Ten commissioners and all the people that are benefiting from from sports salaries. And they need to come up with some type of a guideline so they're able to just avoid the lawsuits that are going to come if they refuse to allow athletes to be compensated.
2: The thing that's been frustrating for, for so many athletes for a lot of years, and maybe not the best example, but I think of Chris Webber, and I think of Chris Webber driving a car that was duct taped together while he was at Michigan. At least this is what Mitch Album reported.
7: Yeah.
2: And and Chris didn't have money to go to McDonald's to do this this interview. He's going to be the first pick, second pick, third pick in the NBA draft after the Fab Five finished out. But you know, he walks by a, um, a souvenir shop, and there's there's Weber's jersey, yeah, exactly. for a hundred and a half hanging in the window, yeah, <laughs> and there's no commission, man.
6: <laughs> and, and 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 you know, this one of the people that was behind it was the Nike Sunny Vaccaro, the yeah, he was but the part the, was because his, yeah. his wife was watching television, and she played some part, and and she gets residuals, mm-hmm. so she's watching a. A replay of an old football or basketball game and he goes, hey, how come those players aren't getting a residual like I do every time they do my old TV show? Right. And, and, and when you think about it, um, I mean, the old argument that a, a college scholarship was of great benefit, which it is, and education's, you know, the, the key to success. But that was before the TV money came in, the incredible revenue. And now they're talking about going to a 12-team playoff, which will be even more money. The Big Ten has their own network. The SEC has their own network. And they they have to realize that they got hit awfully hard by a, a Supreme Court that you know has different philosophies. But they were all had one philosophy, which is, knock it off, quit trying to pretend that... Uh, you're somehow doing a benefit to student-athletes by calling them amateurs. And so I think the real people, that'll, the real athletes that will benefit aren't going to be the first-round draft choices, but the you know, the folks at a school like Nebraska that, that uh, by senior year, they, they're not playing a lot, but they're playing enough to have memories, yeah. and they're going to be compensated, as they should. I mean, a lot of money flows in, and, and maybe it means that you don't have to spend $150 million on a building Maybe only spend a hundred, and that fifty million goes to compensated compensate the athletes across the board. So I think that's kind of what we've seen in sports, at least in my opinion, is all this money and these administrators trying to figure out how to spend it, and donors pouring money in, and we get these huge salaries, and we have salaries that are paid to people who get fired because they don't do a good job. And I think you're going to, over the next few years, see people start looking at compensating the people. That 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 the fans go to watch, right? I I don't mm-hmm. go to you know watch a, a coach. I go to watch the the players. I don't care what athletic director. You know I mean, why the amount of money they're getting paid is just is just huge.
2: Vince Powers with us, Vince Powers, Law, Hail Varsity Radio reaction to the Supreme Court and the NCAA. Vince, how do you make it fair and equal? There is still Title Nine, and Nebraska is in a good spot with. Their women's programs, the majority of their women's programs do great work. Volleyball stands on its own. Volleyball has stars in the state of Nebraska. You can be a Nebraska volleyball player and and earn off of your ability. That's not the case across the board. How do you make this fair and equal financially?
6: Well, you just do what Title IX says, and, and I think we all agree, that uh, women have the same rights as men to educational benefits into sports and athletics. And so, you know, if you tried to put in a, 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 a compensation that, that was not fair and equal, you know, they're gonna, you're going to be sued by Title IX. But, but again, when you, once you step back and say, look at all of the money that's going into sports, someone is smart enough to figure out how to compensate people. And, may, and I think what it means is maybe we don't have all, you know, they talk about the Big Ten and all the building these facilities. Well, right. you don't need all these facilities if it comes at the price of not of not being fair and equal. Hmm. You can just have a little smaller building. And we, we certainly learned here at Nebraska building a the great practice center. Uh, we've just had the two worst basketball years in history. So, I mean, it doesn't relate to what they say it does. And, and as far as turning out wins, but they, and now the administrators are going to have to figure out how do we compensate student-athletes fairly. Uh, I mean, when, when uh, one of the justices just talked about uh, the, it's not the Supreme Court's job uh, to get involved with the debate about amateurism in college sports. Instead, what the justice said is it's just we're going to apply antitrust law. Fairly. And that means there has to be free markets. And that means well, that means that, that the players will be compensated and at a school like Nebraska, you know, players may end up uh, getting more money than a player at a, a different school, but that's just the free market
0: talking with Vince Powers of Powers Law here on Hale Varsity Radio and Vince after yesterday's decision do you see the NCAA continuing and going trying to fight more of these battles in court or do you think they'll, they'll see the uh, the, the winds shifting in college football towards you know the athlete and power to the players uh, wh- wh- where is the point do you think where they'll decide you know what it's not worth it to fight uh, this battle in court anymore let's just
7: change our
6: laws when they get new people running the NCAA I mean at, at some point I mean, to take this case to the Supreme Court was a major mistake, and it just opened the doors. I I don't have any confidence in in, in the present leadership, and I, I just think there will be changes within the NCAA. There are enough smart people involved in college athletics and on the business side to say, look, we're reading that opinion, and that is a problem for us, and we can't continue down this path. But there they are saying... Uh, that they're going to go back and, and, and complain to the district court judge under the idea we need clarification. It, it's simply, I don't know, it's, it's not what happens. And I think we'll first see it with the name, image, image and likeness. I think that'll start coming. And, uh, you know, shout out to Blake Lawrence. He got ahead of, the head of it. I think he'll do very well. And I think he was right when he said that, you know, a lot of the, Athletes that will benefit aren't the stars, you know, but just a lot of the people who have Twitter following and whatnot, and so it's going to be different but but I think for the fans, it's just nothing's going to change other than it's just going to continue to be a lot of fun watching sports.
0: Yeah, Vince. Just a quick follow up to that. You mentioned you, you thought it was a, a mistake for the NCA to take this all the way to the Supreme Court. Yeah. And once they got to the Supreme Court, and it's an, a nine nothing decision, is that as emphatic as it sounds? Like, was there really no business for this case being in the Supreme Court? The Supreme Court covered is what you're,
2: you're
6: asking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, usually, you 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 usually get some somebody being sympathetic, and they had a concurring opinion by one justice who he said. There are serious questions whether the NCAA's remaining compensation rules can pass muster. Well, it's pretty obvious what that means is if it comes up to us, if there's now a case where somebody says we want to pay or, you know, we want to raise benefits or some type of compensation and the NCAA says no, they're going to lose again. But to answer Chris's very good question, will the NCAA change their way? There's nothing the NCAA has done. That would indicate to me that they will change their ways.
2: Well, they're very uh, cautious about their proceeding with with name, image, and likeness. The NCAA is trying to to tackle that now. I think it can be split up. Concern I may have is a focus. All right, am I shooting a commercial, potentially, or am I at practice? <laughs>
6: yeah, well, Chris, I, I, I think we all know that whatever system is in place, uh-huh. there will be abuses. Oh, completely. I yes. mean, that's just, but those abuses won't rise to the level of an antitrust violation. Right. And, and there, whatever. there are
2: different levels of abuse, is what you're saying.
6: Well, I'm uh, saying that there's, yeah. you're, you're not going to get a perfect locker room right. in any sport. There's going to, you know, people... It's human nature. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's human nature, the, the, the person who sings better. Some of us are jealous of that. The person who, you know, gets more playing time. I mean, all of these things are going to stay, stay the same. I, I mean, I think being a head coach is going to be a little more difficult, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when, when, when you have players that uh, are going to be compensated differently. But in the end, you know, they'll, there's always an issue, and, and, and in the end it's about winning and losing.
2: Vince, I've got about ninety seconds. You're a giant Creighton fan. How you feeling today?
6: Dodged a bullet.
2: <laughs> your, your, your take is it looks bad, but it could have been way way worse it with their mean, probation. Yeah,
6: it could. I mean, they there's no ban on postseason play, uh, and I thought it was very. You know, they said, "Listen, Creighton's never had a problem, and therefore we're not going to ban it." They've already put that those um, that one scholarship that they. Been holding that back anyway, mm-hmm. and you know, part of it. I think Bruce Rasmussen is just such a well-respected athletic director. They, mm-hmm. I read some of the opinion, and they said, "Look, he he put too much too much faith into his own abilities and too much faith in the assistant coach, and mm-hmm. you know, and and so it's a gr- it's a really good thing because that was something hanging over Creighton, and and they had just a remarkable uh, recruiting here as did mm-hmm. Nebraska basketball. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I th- I think people. Once again, the state of Nebraska, between Lincoln and Omaha, they're in the top ten in college basketball attendance, and you know it's just, it's going to be good. I think both programs are certainly going to do very well this this winter, and and I think that there will be people at the end of the end of the bench who would name image and likeness in a state like Nebraska. We'll be sending out a tweet for twenty-five dollars, or however they're compensated. Yeah, you better get
7: uh, full open full on.
2: Yeah. yeah, I got you, Vince. You're awesome. It was great to get caught up, and we'll uh, we'll see you soon. And hopefully, we'll bump into you at that Nebraska Creighton ball game uh, yeah, well, this year winner, man.
6: One thing, Chris, can you get a law passed that outlaws sideways passes?
2: You you're, you're not a bubble screen guy. <laughs> okay. I, what I can do for you is say, look, we're going to get bigger wide receivers to make that block on the edge.
6: Oh well, let's let's wait and see. Let's hope. All so. Right. Hey, thanks everyone. Hey, right,
2: take care, Vince. Bye. <laughs> Vince is like, hell no. <laughs> can we get a Supreme Court ruling on, <laughs> yes. on the bubble screen? <laughs>
0: That going to go to the Supreme Court. Oh, man,
2: <laughs> Vince. You can see Vince at home, his Husker red on, and just throwing stuff. Not another bubble! Why's, why's J.D. blocking? All right, Kaz is next. And we're back. Fellas,
1: think we could listen to the radio
2: On Hale Varsity Radio, presented
1: by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome!
2: Back into it at Hail Bar City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We say hi to Rick Kaczynski, longtime coach of Nebraska and Iowa, and our chat Tuesdays with Kaz. Kaz, good to spend some time with you again. Thanks for uh, uh, taking the call. What's uh what's new in your world, man?
7: Not much, brother. Just uh, you know, kind of the same old, same old just uh, trying to enjoy summer, but doesn't feel like doesn't feel like a whole lot of summer. It feels like it's been summer for a long time down here. But, you
2: know,
7: just uh, everything's good, man.
2: So I got to ask you, have you been to the College World Series? That's where we've been uh, yesterday. We were on site for it, and we'll be back there later this week. Uh, Have you been, and if not, did did you ever, like, allow yourself to have, like, a sports bucket list of of spots you wanted to go, be it a Super Bowl or – world series i mean uh, as, a, as a as a guy that's been involved in sports as much as you have have you've you've lived a lot of it you've been in a lot of big games yeah. as a player and coach but from with your fan hat on if you have a, f- a fan hat you know is, is the cws something that, that's on that radar at all or you know oh, yeah, what, what else is on
7: yeah it? yeah no i absolutely had a had an opportunity to uh to get there in um, in 13 and 14 mm-hmm. so with the help of uh with the help of uh jeff jeff jamrock i'm sure i'm sure it cost me more than jamrock paid for him but uh <laughs> but yeah that was uh i was well uh, well taken care of when i got there obviously just with the close proximity mm-hmm. um and uh you know enjoyment of uh omaha they just they've done an unbelievable uh, job with it but also to the um you know just the college world series by itself just a great amateur uh, great amateur venue sport series uh, just just unbelievable a lot of history there always uh always great surprises no matter what teams are in there and that's the thing about college baseball which um you know which football lost a little bit of, to me a little bit of the pageantry with the playoffs where you know, you've had the same four, five, six teams in the, in the, in you know, in the top rung of college football, you look at, you look at baseball and how many teams get an opportunity to win it, have won it, and Just just, uh, so it's a pretty, pretty dang good mm-hmm. deal, so, but yeah, my, yeah, we've been watching, we've been watching it a lot, was, was pulling for Arizona, I think was that Sunday night, but uh, hey, you yeah. know, great, great baseball, but obviously, yeah, it was, was a bucket list, and, fortunate to have the opportunity to uh to get to it
2: rick Kaczynski's with us hail City radio i want to go back to Jamrog for for a moment you know urban legend has it that when when there'd be post-game sandwiches somebody would always throw ghost pepper on Jamrogs. can you confirm or deny
7: i can neither confirm nor deny but uh you know those idiots that would do that stuff obviously they weren't it was actually in pre-game when we were getting on the
2: okay getting on the plane so it's true
7: uh, (laughs) yeah yeah i mean that's uh definitely not not people that were involved with game day because the coaches who were involved with game day had a lot more other things to uh to be worried about so we we were a little bit tense a little bit tense getting on on those planes so uh so, uh, yeah, but yeah, uh, you know, childish, 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 but man, what can you do? Good story. I so guess.
2: who would, who would break the, the tenseness? Would there be somebody that that'd say oh, a joke oh, no, or no, how, would no. you, how would you, how would you transition?
7: Well, no, I mean, I guess you just, you know, just cause it's, a, I, I guess I shouldn't say tense, but it's a business. You're trip, locked right? in. I mean, right. Go, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're going, you know, it's a, uh, it was an opportunity for the coaches to you know, catch up on some tunes or, uh, you know, mm-hmm. read a book, so you know, kind of get get settled in. The Best part was after win on the planes. Mm-hmm. So um, had some good cranberry juice there. It was uh, <laughs> Coach Joseph had. We had special flavor of cranberry juice that one of the stewardess, fine stewardess, uh, would give us. So, uh, but uh, yeah, we always enjoyed. That was that was one of the best parts of it. You know, getting on that plane after a W them lights go out and. And uh, join join a trip home.
2: Well, you know, the the cranberry choice is about all about antioxidants. Kaz, you are always a health nut. I know it.
7: Kidneys, kidneys, man, filter <laughs> them kidneys out. You know,
2: Kaz, I want to get your thoughts here on on the Supreme Court, specifically uh, the the ruling that was handed down, and uh, some of the justices very uh, poignant towards the NCAA when it comes to benefits and and not being able to put a cap on student athlete benefits. And you spent a lot of time in Nebraska and you can speak to it as well as anybody, just the treatment, uh, the, the, the players and and not just football, but all walks of life uh, in the athletic department, the kids got Nebraska has been a couple, three steps ahead of this when it comes to taking care of their student athletes. Uh, and, And I always kind of point back to the players I've talked to when they, when they get, uh, reflective about their time and it, the life skills setup is second to none, and Nebraska isn't going to have a problem with this emerging era, this new era with name, image, and likeness. But uh, Nebraska seems pretty ultra prepared. Is that something you you had to focus with, uh, with with kids as you coached them, kind of their attention? There's this push for for branding, and I get it, but there's also a job to do as a student and then as an athlete?
7: Well, I don't think it's going to change much. I think a lot of it's getting blown out of proportion for the amount of people that it's actually going to affect, okay. uh, you know, going to uh, Gorsuch's opinion. Um, yeah, I agree with that 100%. And I, and I don't think the NCAA would disagree with that either. I think it's just a matter of catching up. I mean, you're talking acad- anything that's related to education. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're not talking name, image, likeness there what you're 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 talking you know paid internships you know um resources all those type of things you know when when i was in when i was at notre dame in the summer um i worked for a judge and you know basically it was an internship i i was i had to report my if i got paid Mm -hmm. and I, i mean it was just absolutely ridiculous so um so i believe in that part of it but i think also too many taking a step back you know everybody it's really really easy to 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 bash the ncaa yeah. what people have to understand is ncaa there's a lot in place that ncaa does to protect the athletes also okay. um you know you're going down a, a a dark dark rabbit hole here with the name image and likeness deal and all that and you know, at some point you can't have it on both ends. I know the players want to unionize or college athletes. Okay. That's great. So what, what does the school get? Who do, do they get, do you become an at will employee? Do you tax the scholarship? Um, You know, what falls under title nine? Is the school going to have to make up the difference in the money that the men's basketball and football team generates with individual players? So, you know there's a lot of things that that are going down because you're changing you're changing the um it from being amateur to mm. to professional you know these kids going to have to pay taxes all those things so I, I think what you have to look at and as a student athlete especially nowadays these players these college athletes all right, I don't want to hear anybody feeling sorry for it. These people, these kids are living better than they will ever live the rest of their life. You know, the best health care, no co-pays, right? Mm. Terran- you know, you get hurt, you get sick, boom, you walk right in. There's no wait, There's no co-pays. You're walking into a $400 million building. You got the best doctors. You got the best access. So, you know, uh, you, you look at where they train, you look at the locker rooms, you look at the gear they get. These people are, you look at the, how they're being fed. They got it pretty good. A lot of those things came by, by the NCAA and the protection that they had for student athletes. You know, you're on scholarship and you can't play dead. Guess what? They can't fire you. The NCAA put those protections in there for the student athletes. So, a, it's real, real easy to throw darts at, uh, at the NCAA, but they've done a lot. And I think people have to look at big picture. NCAA goes away. I know they keep taking their teeth away from it. Who's going who's gonna to manage all this? You know, who, who is, who's whos going to broker all these things? Um, who's going to keep track of this? So, man, I, I just think it's, it's bad for all of college athletics. And I think what you're going to find, it's going to kill Olympic sports, and it's going to kill, and it's going to kill women's sports. I'm, I'm telling you, unless the universities do something, I don't know how you separate the name, image, likeness and in football, and basketball, and the revenue-producing sports, and how those don't fall the the agreements, the sponsorships, whatever you call them, how they don't fall under federal Title IX rules. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I I don't know how you avoid that path or what the map is to it but i think what you're going to see in the next three years is thousands not hundreds thousands of lawsuits from olympic sports and, and women's sports and i'd have to agree with it a hundred percent the what the, the way that people are talking about this the way that the name image and likeness is being talked about and written about i i just I just don't think it's a good thing for all of college football or all of college sports, I should say.
2: Rick Kaczynski is with us, our city Radio. You have uh, Husker volleyball that is kind of in rarefied air compared to a lot of different spots. That's one, uh, one, one women's sport that could, does well and could do well with name, image, and likeness, but that's not always the case across uh, the uh, the spectrum in in college athletics
7: no and, and i think also it's going to affect very few people in all mm-hmm. sports you, you're going to have a star here and there um you know if you look at clemson okay you know trevor lawrence Oh so, but the the right guard isn't you know who's who, who's going to pay him mm-hmm. you know who's going to broker that all those type of deals so you know, I just it's taken the amateurization away from from college athletics. And, and yeah, I, I really think that, one, it's it's getting a little bit blown out of proportion because mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to affect as many kids as people think it's going to. Um, but, two, you know, I can I can tell you this. You know, it's I think it's going to create some things uh, internally in locker rooms. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, if somebody's doing the same job as you, but they're getting paid because they play a specific position or, you know, they're three years ahead of you or they, they have the name. Man, that, that's, uh, that, that, that creates, that can create some strife and amongst the locker room. Uh, you know, we're, we're all, we're all humans, man. So I just think, um, You know, then you look at the opportunities, Title IX, are men and women getting the the same opportunities? Is it it being, you know, I I heard people talking about, uh, well, you know, coaches setting up or this person setting up, define what a booster is. Because now if you're a representative of of an institution, which how they define a booster, um, then that falls under federal law. That, that, That goes under Title IX. So I just think it's it's just absolutely crazy, you know, when, when people talk about, oh, well, it's a recruiting tool. No, it's not. You know what it's a recruiting tool for? Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. And I'll throw in Notre Dame in there. The rich are going to get richer. And now,
2: and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hale Varsity Radio on a Tuesday presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We are up at uh, Zipline again right by... TD Ameritrade, more from uh, NIL with Coach Rick Kaczynski recruiting and uh, and more from the Cavs here on a Tuesday.
7: You're going to get who you can get. So you're going to be sitting at a table with uh, the four playoff teams. And, you know, why would that kid go to Nebraska if, if Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State, Notre Dame are recruiting them? Mm. Why? You're going to sell name image likeness? So are they. So so are they so are they but let me tell you when you start selling that name image like likeness you are a representat- you are a representative of of the university now anything that you set up anything that you broke or falls under that title i just i it, it, i'm telling you this stuff is going to be in litigation for years it's just a it's just a bad deal man i'm telling you but but i don't i don't i don't see how how tell me the benefits of it i mean who's tell me the benefits of it Right
2: now, right now, there's excitement for branding. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just laying it out. The as a 18 to 22 year old, if someone wants you to kind of promote their product, that'd be cool. And
7: And there you go. Is that yeah? And how many kids? Yeah, like I said, for 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 every Trevor Lawrence, there's five thousand that nobody. We'll, we'll give a dime to mm-hmm. And, you know, so I think that's what I, and that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think, you know, that it's going to affect that many people mm-hmm. overall. Now every high school kid now is going to think that he's going to get paid just like every parent that uh kid thinks they're going to the NFL or the NBA or the major league. Right. So, <laughs> so every kid, every, every high school kid thinks that they're going to be, they're going to be the, the dude Um, That that hits it big. Uh, So uh, I just uh, I I just don't like where it's going and and it's kind of gray on everything. But but I think when people start bashing the the NCAA uh, better kind of uh, be careful what you wish for, because who's going to who's going to manage these things? You know, go look at what the NCAA does and and the amount of money. Look at athletic departments. How, How many are making money? Very, very few. There's a handful. There's a handful. So how do they build these big facilities? You know, a lot of this money comes from the conferences. A lot of this money comes from the the plan, the map uh, that the NCAA put in place. You know, if you're if you're one of those teams that makes the March Madness, you know, you're getting paid for six years from that appearance. You know, I mean, I think what people got to do is read, do a little research. It's all, all anybody is talking about right now is – the benefits of branding all right now go through nebraska's go take every single sport in nebraska tell me the branding then go tell me the companies and go tell me the people in the state of nebraska that are going to put their name on these people and pay them thousands of dollars to do what so so i just think that you know I, i don't think people are really studying this looking at this thing big picture wise right now and just looking at okay how, how it benefits there, there's always two sides two sides of the story there um, and there's uh, there's always some give and take you know just like these players okay you want to unionize that's great well let's do a co-pay on healthcare and let's make you an at will employee and let's tax your scholarship um, you know let's tax your gear you know okay you, you know hell you get this much Adidas gear we're going to tax you on it you know you can't <laughs> You can't have it. You can't have it both ways. And I and I just think like right now, you don't have, you don't have. Just like last year, you don't have all sides talking, right? You just there, there's just a lot of gray. There's a lot of misinformation, and there's a lot of inaccuracies out there. And I think there's just a lot of talk on how this can help people, not how it can hurt programs and universities. I think what you're going to end up with is is a lot of schools that, that go away. Um, I think you're gonna have a a lot of sports that go away. You know, competing in athletics, that's my opinion.
2: Rick Kaczynski's with his Hail Varsity Radio Kaz will wrap up. I want to go back to, to your summer internship. What uh what led you, what drew you to be to 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 clerking, to wanting to, to work for a judge? Did you want to do law?
7: Yeah, I did. I did. I did. That's what I thought. But um you know um notre dame proved to, it was a little bit tougher i couldn't couldn't keep up with the uh with the readings with between uh between football my uh my uh social calendar Schmidrock, rock and uh in <laughs> the tenuous classroom uh, demands of uh of our lady because you were um, you were you
2: were an academic all-american so i
7: tried to be yeah, no, no but just yeah there's no record of it though but no <laughs> I, I wish um no it just yeah and, and it was it was a guy that i knew um yeah his, his name was uh judge terry chrome great guy still around and uh yeah he knew i wanted to do that so gave me some experience but yeah we had a we had a good old time we had a good old time i i remember him calling recesses a couple times and calling me up he said bailiff can i see you a minute and he'd say he'd give me a face he he'd say read about this whack job i'm sitting, <laughs> while, I'm sitting <laughs> files. Uh, he's nuts that would come in front of him so we had a good time <laughs> and uh, we we may <laughs> coach coach Crow, or uh, judge crone and i may have had a few may may have had a Few adult beverages over over our time at Notre <laughs> Dame, so yeah, it's always good to know a Judge. But please it's approach, un- un- uh, unbelievable guy. But you know, and that's the thing that well, that's that, and that's what's great now. Uh, unfortunately back then you know the football programs you were almost like independent contractors now with life skills you look at with you know i can speak about nebraska and notre dame you know with what they've done uh with life skills and preparing guys and doing resumes and interview prep and bring in companies in and to help recruiting i mean it's just unbelievable what these guys you know i i didn't take advantage of uh, the i could have parlayed if I had a little bit better guidance at Notre Dame at the time, mm. I didn't, you know, I was guiding myself and that's, that's dangerous. But, you know, the people that they have, you know, Notre Dame has a deal, Ron Powell's put together four for 40 uh, and it's just unbelievable, you know, four, you got 40 years after you graduate in, in, in the real world. You know, that's what they're preparing you for. And with Keith and Dennis and all those people and Kim, Mm -hmm. Shell Pepper, all the the, what they do at Nebraska, it's unbelievable what they're doing to help these kids prepare for the future. Instead of talking about name, image and likeness, let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. Go talk to the, you know, that that's that's what's not talked about. Enough with this with this name, image, likeness BS. You know, let's go talk to the people that help these folks that, uh, that are going to have careers, you know, long after they're done playing. So uh, that's what the NCAA is about. I know, uh, you know, people, it's really, really easy to bash them. Heck, I bash them too. But, but also, you know, they're a machine. They got smart people and they've made, they've made a lot of money. And they've helped people make a lot of money, a lot of institutions. And they've helped, helped thousands upon thousands student-athletes. So, and and you can't argue that.
2: Kaz, this was fun, man. Love hearing about uh, the judge. Love your take on where things are at with the Supreme Court. Know that's an interest. And we'll do this again, brother. Have a good uh, rest of your week.
7: You too, my man. Thanks for having me on.
2: Gotta love Kaz. I can just see Kaz. Wandering up to the judge, and the judge said, "Go read about this guy standing in front of me." We've got some uh, some transfer numbers out. Tell you who and where the programs uh, are losing so many players.
1: Miss us. Come here, brother. I met her. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio.
2: One final time, Hail Varsity Radio on a Tuesday. Mitch Sherman with us and uh, Southside High School, coach in San Antonio. Ricky Locke, Coach Locke, uh, coaches Richard Torres. Finally good to get caught up with Coach. Good get by Elijah there as Coach was on vacation. Vince Powers uh, laid out the NCAA versus the Supreme Court. Coach Kaz offered his perspective uh, from a coaching stance as well as his take on things. So some good back and forth there. Tomorrow on the show, Mike Babcock will be with us. Babbers will talk Some Oscar ball with him. Mike Shuhart, Shuey, is uh, always good to talk golf with Mike Shuhart. And then the Pirate will be with us. Mike Leach will join us uh, on Wednesday at 5. The Pirate is no doubt wearing a rally cap right now uh, in preparation for the 6 o'clock start time with Mississippi State. I'm sure he's shining up his cowbells. Well, Last time we talked to Coach, he was at his desk and we were playing Name That Tune with the, the Cowbell. <laughs> and I, I think he did a little Johnny Cash for me.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, the, the Cowbell is just such an instrumental part of Mississippi State fandom that if I mean, I feel like if I was a Mississippi State fan, I feel like I would just be like, I'd, I'd throw that on a belt loop and just carry my cowbell around with me everywhere during College World Series season because you never know when it might come in handy.
2: I'm half tempted to put it on my German Shepherd or my kid. So I know when he gets home, or I know when Germ- the German breaks out of her kennel.
0: See, d- d- does like the the non misses misses? Does it have like the little the little shaker in the middle that hits like the? It's kind of like a bell. I don't know what that that piece of the thing is called. Where you, when you shake it, it's got like the. About the only guy that I can stand
2: ringing a cowbell is the pirate. To be frank with you, we were at a youth baseball game, and one of the teams we were playing, or I shouldn't say playing, but the team that was across the diamond from us. To our back had these freak show cowbells, so if I would have had a blowtorch, I would have melted them. <laughs> just just a little too much cowbell, babe.
0: <laughs> there, you, you can never have too much cowbell. Wrong. I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell.
2: The only prescriptions a blow dart, and or with with, with tranquilizer and the uh, the tip of the, the, the dart. But no, Mississippi State's in action. Tennessee got sent home. Their coach, their third base coach got launched. And then the, uh, the dugout coach, might have been the head coach, also chucked his keyboard. You had a third base umpire uh, tossing, uh, tossing members of the Tennessee coaching staff, Payne Manning's probably enjoying a steak right now before he gets on his private jet as Tennessee is two and out. Texas survives. That doesn't make me happy, quite honestly. It would have been really cool to see Texas get bounced. But Arizona's out. Now Texas is out. I should say Texas is in. Forgive me there. But uh, Arizona and and Tennessee are done. More baseball, Mississippi State, Virginia. And then uh, tomorrow's action, you'll have Stanford and dare I say,
0: Vandy in an elimination game. Mm, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. I'm excited for that. That Virginia team tonight, I'm hoping they get a leak. because I want to see that, uh, the, their closer, the Dippin' Dots guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh I want to see him on the mound. He's electric. I'm hope Mississippi State uh, wins,
2: and we'll uh, talk to the Pirate about it. So, uh, enjoyable today. Check the podcast out, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Give us a review, iTunes, for Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for listening.